Good morning, good morning. Coming to you live from somewhere in the back country. I'm Roberto from the Expeditioners, and today we are camped out uh, by a lake in Whistler. So you'll hear me moving around a little bit. I'm uh, walking through the mud right now to come over to my gear and grab some stuff. Uh, the idea was that we received two new kayaks that we wanted to take out on a big adventure. And uh, with a great friend and business partner in town, we... And... Canoe. Uh, they would be able to break the ice in front of us. And indeed, it was pretty successful until we got to a point where they, they simply could not uh, continue. So, uh, because the ice was just too thick. Um, and it was pretty surreal to be in our sea kayaks and feel the uh, paddles go through these chunks of ice that looked crystalline and almost as if they were um, something from uh, the Bat Cave or perhaps uh, Superman's Cave, Kryptonite. Um, but really, it, it looked quite surreal. And I guess this is how we tend to throw ourselves into these types of adventures is by simply throwing caution to the wind and saying, let's give this a go. Um, so what they, what we did is uh, we packed up two kayaks, one big canoe. Uh, we are four and uh, we, with a canoe, you can take all the gear you want. And uh, so that made it pretty easy to load her up nice and hefty. But, uh, and, and earlier in the day I went by the lake and I'm like, yeah, it looks like it totally possible. So for, for about an hour and a half to two hours, we were trying to cut across the lake. Um, we had one guy in the front of the canoe with an axe uh, just chopping away at, uh, at, at the lake. And, uh, and the other guy in the back just trying to use his momentum to go forward. Um, I'll get Jose Pablo to jump on the call here. He's one of our uh, adventurers. And uh, let's, see, let's see how it was for him in, in the canoe. But... Uh, I'll give him. I'll invite him to speak here. Give me a moment, and let's see if we can get him uh, out here because it was it was fun. It was not something uh, that we expected uh, that we would be uh, encountering. So let's see now, Jose Pablo. You just gotta unmute your microphone, and that will make you join the call. I can see him sitting in the chair by the fire. He's getting ready to chat, you know. <laughs> so uh, I still can't hear you. Here we hello, go. Hello, hello, Robert. Hey, long time no see. Well, actually, I can see you from here. No see. But um, but how? So so just a little bit about who you are. You're a, a university student that's taking a few months off. Is it uh, from what I understand? Yeah, that's correct. I'm taking a sabbatical because all my classes are online. So that's uh, I prefer to. I rather to be here in the middle of. Uh, of a of a lake uh, camping and it's it, it's been quite fun I, I'd say. Hey, really cool, really cool. Wait, I think that we've got a guest that would also join the call. So uh, let's take uh, Ross here. So hang tight there. Hi, Ross. How are you? Hey guys, I just hopped on. Sounds uh, like a very interesting. Where where are you guys at? And it sounds like so, in a cabin or something. No, actually, yeah, the the sound's going to be a, bit, a little bit weird. But we're actually camped out on the outskirts of Whistler uh, on a lake that we ended up having to go to a smaller section of the lake because the big one had just the ice was just too thick. And after a few hours of just trying to hack away, uh, we gave up. And then this morning, where we woke up. Uh, 
there's ice on the lake. You can actually see our live Insta stories from pretty much where we are now on Instagram. Super cool. Are you guys from BC? So I'm, I live in Whistler and, uh, and I've been here for about seven years, eight years now. Uh, and then I've got three little ones as well. And then, but I'm born and raised in Montreal. Jose Pablo, where are you from? Uh, I'm from, I'm actually from Mexico. And uh, well, right now I'm living in Whistler for the next few months, but. Okay. And, and Ross, where are you from? I'm from Washington State, so. Oh, yeah. you're just down the road. Yeah. Yeah. Do right you have... now, but that's where I'm from. And where do you live now? I'm in Texas. So... Oh no! Now that's much further. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and do you ever go on sea kayak trips or canoe trips? I have done some river rafting, um, and it's been years down yeah. down in like Oregon, but uh, yeah. never never made it up to Whistler, and never done anything like. Real, real major, real significant, like that. You, so you know, not as uh, as people imagine it to be. Uh, in, go ahead. Uh, oh, can you hear me, Ross? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Sorry, I think we. Hello, just, hello. There's a bit of a delay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Go. Go ahead. You had a. Oh yes, there's a bit of delay. So yeah, so um, so what I was going to say is that these types of trips are a lot easier than people imagine them to be. Uh, there's an expression that says uh, there's no such uh, there's no wrong weather. There's only wrong gear. And as long as you got the right gear, it's quite comfortable. I took a bunch of social media influencers on a backcountry trip some seven years ago as an insta meet, hmm. and the majority of them had never gone winter camping. And uh, with the right gear, they realized how easy it was and ended up becoming uh, going on plenty of backcountry winter trips. So, uh, so yeah, so you just have to find like the right tent, the right sleeping bag, uh, and definitely have a bit of knowledge on being safe uh, in the backcountry because stuff can go wrong quite quickly. But uh, definitely hi- highly recommend. Indeed, Jose Pablo was a kid that came at, uh, he's not a kid anymore, but he came four years ago uh, to our camp as a, and that's where a big part of like learning to be in the mountains and treks comes from for a lot of people. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 And uh, any plans to come up to Canada? Actually, coincidentally, I am going to Whistler this summer for a, a wedding. Oh, cool. Well, let us know. <laughs> we're, yeah, yeah. We're, we're around and we've got a fleet of sea kayaks and canoes. And uh, I even do an Airbnb experience where we take uh, people out paddling uh, as well. And uh, no, I d- definitely, definitely enjoy coming. Give a few more days past the wedding um, and you'll have to recoup probably a day after the wedding. So. <laughs> right, right. What's, what's the name of your YouTube? Or, uh, or so, your Instagram? Uh, Instagram, we've got uh, a few pages. So be, bear with me. The first one is uh, The Expeditioners. Okay. The, that's myself and uh, and family and the adventures that we do. Then uh, we've got an adventure travel company called Adventures Done Right, which we take okay. which we take people all over the world um, doing things with a bit of a twist, where it's a little bit more extreme, but yet at the same time safe because uh, we're there. We just took people up. Kilimanjaro a few weeks ago, wow. uh, and, and then on a park safari, uh, park safari, uh, a safari, and uh, and that was yeah, yeah, pretty pretty epic. Um, and then uh, and then my friend here, that I'll give you the group that's here camping with me right now. We've got High Mountain Life, and this fellow is a British 
Italian Mexican, um, as strange as strange as they come, and, uh, <laughs> and and he uh, is a mountaineer and and an avid explorer, and he is my partner in adventures done right, and he has his own slew of of uh, mountain adventures uh, and guiding experience as well. Then the other fellow, the young fellow, Jose Pablo. What's your Instagram? That's me. Well, I have my I have a new Instagram account that it's John Strip. Uh, I made that account because of, because of the adventures I'm gonna be doing with Roberto. So if you like to check it out, I'll be I'll be I'll be more than happy. <laughs> Jose Pablo is like uh, our my my protege now, and we've got another fellow with us here who, unfortunately, he's run out of data, but uh, but his name is Matthew Harvey, and uh, what's his Instagram, Jose Pablo? Oh, I think he's... Yeah. Can... Roberto? Yeah, yeah, no, he has to get a bit closer. You guys are lounging in chairs by the fire and too lazy to get up to, to give each other the phone. This is the scenario of, like... Look, uh, we're, we're... Harvey Visuals, so it's uh, Harvey double underscore visuals. If not, there's M-A-T-H dot Harvey. So I've got two accounts. And uh, this gentleman uh, takes pictures in a mix of uh, fashion and, at the same time, beautiful women. And, at the same time, uh, he looks like a Viking, so he looks good in all the pictures, which kind of sucks for everybody else, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there you go. Well, awesome. Yeah, thanks for... I didn't, thanks I didn't for, catch yep. all of them, but I followed, I followed a few as you're listening to them. Cool. One of the neat things with uh, with this app is that you're able to uh, listen to it afterwards. So you could actually like just fast forward oh, to yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to nine minutes and be like, "Oh yeah, what was it again?" And uh, yeah, but really appreciate it, man. Uh, ha- have you been using Colin uh, a lot lately, or getting on here recently? I have not. I signed up like several months ago and and used it quite a bit when I first got it, and then it's yeah, it's been a few months faded a bit, and so, now. Uh, uh, Sweet. Well, ho- hopefully we'll get you on some calls again and and uh, before we see you here in Whistler. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll mute myself and, and you can continue the interview. I'll, ah, I'll thanks. just hang out. Yeah, yeah, totally. Thanks a lot, Ross. Thanks for calling in. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Nice to meet you guys. Yeah, yeah. and see you in Whistler. <laughs> yeah. <forward> awesome. <laughs> Cheers. Well, yeah, so that's that's really cool. This is one of the things that I absolutely love about this app is the the social side of it and I think that's what differentiates itself from a regular radio station because any of us is suddenly a radio station. So, Jose Pablo, have you ever paddled or tried to cross uh, uh, ice uh, before while you're in a vessel? No. Uh this was my first time and we don't have much snow and ice in Mexico so really? it was a quite interesting <laughs> experience. <laughs> and uh so a few little important facts. If you are out on the ice uh and you fall through the ice, one of the most difficult things that people don't realize is how do you get out? Because you make this hole and it's a circle around you and it's quite tricky to to grab onto the ice uh, to get out. So one of the techniques is hopefully you have uh, a knife or something quite sharp that gives you, allows you, or an ice pick that allows you to grab the ice. Now, obviously, these aren't things that you carry around, but if you are going out on on the ice, it's a, they are the type of things that uh, that you should have with you. Another technique is when you're walking on the ice and suddenly you feel it's about to crack. And I think it'll be cool if we do some examples of this later on today. I'll, I'll put on my dry suit and I'll go on the ice and then maybe and 
see how you'll see how it breaks and everything. Um, but the point is that uh, if you feel the ice is cracking around you, you can put yourself like a starfish on the ice. You want to spread out your weight uh, as far as you can from from your center so that you don't uh, make the hole. And then that way you kind of uh, shimmy your body uh, all the way across to where you were coming from and made the mistake of getting on ice. Uh, Jose Pablo, don't walk around too much because I hear you. Your steps, I know he's grabbing a hot dog, and then there he goes. He sits back down. I, we we are an expedition team, I swear here, but we're just mulling about the fire, having coffee and sausages. Andrew, are you going to be joining us? His, uh, his iPhone is from like seven years ago. So <laughs> let's see here. Let's see. I, I can invite him to. No, you disappeared again, good friend. Um but uh, yeah, so so one of the neat uh, uh, here we go, Andrew, invite to speak. Hello, hello, good sir. Let's see if he he accepts it. There we go. This gentleman needs no introduction, but I'll give you one nonetheless. Uh, he is an explorer. He is a father of two little ones. He is a businessman, an entrepreneur, uh, a background that's British, uh, Italian, and yet. Mexican, and uh, and I'm proud to call him my uh, business partner in guiding people around the world. So, Andrew, come on to the call. So, uh, you've got to press your unmute button, and then uh, and then you'll be able to speak. I he is he does have a bit of a British accent sometimes, so I'm mimicking it. And uh, there goes. Oh, there, can oh, you hear there, me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Well, welcome to the show. I'm about uh, seventy meters away with two tents between us. And, and some ice. How does it feel to be in Whistler? It feels amazing, but the, the, the sad thing is that I'm having some connection issues, and we are 70 feet away from it. <laughs> well, I, I think it's time for a telephone upgrade. But So, first time paddling through ice? Yeah, it was. It was amazing. Yeah. Was very exciting. Uh, Jose Pablo, I need you to uh, get away from uh, Andrew because your phone creates an echo on his phone. There we go. Thank you. All set there. Um, but yeah, so so new new experience. I know you you love the snow, and you've always said you you've loved going into the mountains. Um, any anything special about the day uh, paddling through ice? Uh, definitely. I mean, I'm, I'm used to going on ice on the mountains and doing ice climbing, all that stuff, but never on the water. So this was definitely a first timer. Right. And, and uh, were you equipped yeah, for it? I think so. Yeah, I just needed an axe. I think that would be better than my paddles because <laughs> you're trying to sometimes people don't realize this, but obviously you're breaking the ice to the front of the kayak, but on the sides it's solid. So you're trying to get some traction with your oar, or is that is that the wrong? That, no, they're paddles. Here, they're right? paddles. paddles. <laughs> you that it. breaks my soul as a Canadian to hear someone call a paddle an oar or a kayak a canoe. But so the paddle, yes, right. yes. So, so definitely need to get some sharper uh, paddles for next time, which they should right. invent because actually, you know, it gives you much more traction. So what were you wearing when it comes to uh, safety-wise? Uh, wearing uh, full dry suits from Mustang Survival and um, life jacket also, which is definitely when you're out there, you definitely feel a lot safer when you're properly geared up because if you tip in that water, it's certainly no fun. How how long do you think you'd have uh, if you fell in the water? Uh, and let's say you're about 300 meters from shore. Oh, geez. without uh, without a dry I suit, without a dry suit. Shore. 300 meters. But, I'm not sure you'd make it. 
Right. And, uh, and with, with a dry suit, I think you would make it. So that's the big differentiator where you're like, okay, I've got 15 minutes swimming at full strength. Uh, and I've got this dry suit on. Uh, I should be able to. But no dry suit, you you pretty much die uh, instantly. So in the case of myself yesterday, I would have, oh, yeah, died if I tipped. So that's why I don't tip. <laughs> very important, Definitely very don't important tip. factor. Um, <laughs> so a little bit on the gear. We were in Wilderness uh, Systems uh, kayaks. Uh, these kayaks are, are meant to go on expeditions. They've got, uh, they're, they're plastic, so you can drag them up. Uh, they're called the Tempest. We have a 17 foot and a 16 and a half. Andrew was in a Hudson dry suit with a comfort gasket on the neck, which basically means instead of having instead of having the rubber, uh, you have this loose gasket. And what that allows is that you uh, are quite comfortable because everybody that paddles and wears these suits knows that that could be quite uncomfortable. Um, we've got, uh, I believe it's the Camara life jackets on. Um, and we've got dry bags from uh, Mustang Survive, uh, Survival as well. We've got Nemo tents, the Moki 3P tents. These tents aren't made anymore, but they are uh, spectacular. Uh, but I did want to, to ask Andrew a few more questions here before I let him enjoy his breakfast of sausages in front of uh, the fire and a mirror. You know, it's funny. We're standing here and we're watching just the ice melt. Basically. Quite literally, you know? yeah. And I'm glad that happened because we woke up this morning to a very thick oh, sheet of ice. I can't hear you, Andrew. Oh, something wrong with my mic? Maybe it's my sound. But uh, can I? Can you hear me now? Pablo, I'm having technical issues. Who can hear who? <laughs> you can hear both of us. Okay, go ahead, Andrew, because I can't hear. Yeah, I was saying it. I'm glad it's actually melting in front of our eyes oh, because we woke up to a thick sheet of ice. And we pretty much wouldn't have been able to get out of here. I'm amazing. Sorry, I, I realized why I couldn't hear you. The My phone had connected to the speaker. So uh, apologies to the guests of the show for the moment of technical difficulties coming to you uh, from the wild. Uh, so another question I had for you, Andrew, is, what type of adventures do we have coming up for Adventures Done Right that give you a feeling like we're having right now um, on this trip? Um, well, we definitely have. We've got Iceland just around the corner in April, which is an amazing destination. Uh, we love Iceland. And going back again now in April is going to be fantastic. Um, but What are, what are some of the activities? Right. Some of the activities will be free diving in Silfra, which is basically between the two tectonic plates of America and Europe. And it's this extraordinary split, literally, in the earth that has filled up with glacier water, which is only two degrees Celsius, absolutely freezing, but will be geared up with seven millimeter uh, wetsuits and uh, will have weights for the free diving and the, and the fins. So that means you can actually, you know, if you hold your breath long enough, you can take some pretty deep dives. It's down to almost 80 feet and you have extraordinary visibility in this water. So you're literally floating between two sheer canyon walls underwater, which is an, an amazing experience. Um, and then we'll be visiting, you know, most of the fantastic waterfalls. We'll be doing a couple of hikes and we will be swimming amongst icebergs, which is a unique um experience that we offer on this trip that nobody else does and that's thanks to obviously our mustang survival dry suits that we take with us 
that allow us to spend, you know, a good amount of time in between the icebergs. And it's, it's really something that's unique about this destination. And then uh, after that, what's, what is our next trip? I know, obviously, but I'd like, I like, I like hearing him tell, tell people what, what they are. <laughs> so, so we've got after Iceland, we're coming back to Canada, to Whistler for a 10 day mountain bike, kayak and hiking uh, adventure, which we'll be spending a few days in, in around Whistler, which is your backyard, Robert. And, you know, yeah. I know, you know, all the secret spots here. And then we'll be <laughs> driving north to the Chilcotin Mountains, which are extraordinary. And we'll be taking a float plane uh, with the bikes to some lakes and then ride back from there. And that is also something that's really looking forward to doing in the summer. Um, and after that, we'll head up to Northwest Territories to see the Northern Lights and do another adventure canoe trip uh, for about a week up north, which is fantastic to see the Northern Lights. Um, and then we've got Peru coming up and we've got Africa. And then... Um, Africa, remind our, our fellow... Remind all fellow listeners what Africa, where it is. So Africa, we're flying to Tanzania, to Kilimanjaro International Airport, which is only a few hours away from the well-known highest peak in the African continent, which is Kilimanjaro at 5,895 meters. And it is a beautiful mountain. Um, it's not necessarily technical, so it's quite uh, accessible to most people. You do need, obviously, a good amount of of, of resilience, but uh, you don't need any technical skills per se. So it's 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 a fantastic adventure to do, and we'll be there for seven days on the mountain, camping with all the support crew. We have a fantastic team of people there, of cooks, of porters. Um, so we make the whole experience really enjoyable. And I've been we'll, uh, I've been so excited. I've been so excited to see how the guests that came with us on the last trip were have been messaging us and posting and saying like well, one lady today uh texted me and because she, she saw the zipper of my tent opening on my instagram stories and she said uh i miss the, the sound of the zipper even though you can't imagine i wouldn't imagine that i would miss it and this lady very rarely ever i think ever goes in a tent uh and yet she trekked up kilimanjaro so really neat that these experiences are are having uh, such effect mr andrew could you please i just i'm trying to give today the essence to you guys that we're we're doing this podcast uh from the middle of nowhere per se which is really just finding an eden uh with nobody around and uh can you tell me a little bit of just what what, what do you see in your surroundings and uh, and describe our podcast office today. So last night we kayaked into the secluded bay at the end of, uh, of the lake, um, which is beautiful. We're surrounded by pine trees. We're, we set up our camp on a snowy uh, platform, which is right next to the water. And uh, it's crystal clear blue skies with the sun coming down, which has warmed us up nicely as the fire's going. And we've got a saucepan here with a couple of sausages that uh, Jose Pablo cooked up for us this morning uh fresh coffee and um yeah it's a beautiful yeah. day i can't you know no complaints and, and i think we're so relaxed we're literally just watching the ice that formed last night uh melt again uh, but we i do look forward to to cutting through the ice uh once again today it's uh you know your your incredible experiences don't have to be so far away from from where you're doing them um and then what else do we this we have a canoe trip in the northwest territories that andrew was mentioning and this is the 
the Northern Lights ones. And this, I, I think comparing it a bit to what we're doing right now is, is you're, you're finding areas where the water is like glass and mirror-like and the Northern Lights shine um, every day, but so much so that they reflect on the water and it makes this really, really neat effect. Um, the only difference between uh, there and here, obviously, is that over there, it's pretty much a guarantee of seeing the lights shine. Uh, whereas here, it's uh, our friend Matthew was saying, well, the what the scale is, what's it called, Matthew, the scale there? It's uh, 5.9, yes, 5.3 yesterday for the Northern Lights. What's that? A five? Yeah, it was, it was KP5. So what's a KP5, uh, Matthew? Explain to us a little bit there. Well, I'm not the best uh, <laughs> uh, space weather guy, but I know that um, KP5 is a good in- indicator. If you're somewhat more north, you might see them from afar. And it depends on the intensity of the solar wind, too, which means the visibility on Earth, too. Right. And uh, what's the highest? Have you used this uh, website before to, to try and catch the Aurora Boreal? Yeah, actually, um, uh, I've used it quite a bit. It's an app called the, I think it's, uh, wait, I got to look on my phone, actually. Just give me a little second. I got to get the right name. So it's a, it's a neat way for, so for yeah, go ahead. It's called Space Weather, and you can turn notifications on. So you're just going on about your day, and then you get a notification that, at this time, UTC, which is a universal uh, time, I think it's like Central Time, I think. And, yeah. Um, time. Yeah. And uh, you can uh, you you plan on that, and you can maybe have more chances of seeing them, so um, you don't have to always be looking. So there's that's what's fun about the app. Yeah. There's a few websites out there that you can look to. And I'll give you a little bit of the science behind uh, basically what they these this app does is it, it looks for when there are solar explosions on the sun and these solar explosions um, are happening all the time but but sometimes their their frequency and their size goes on a cyclical basis uh, every x amount of years so that's why certain years we have many more northern lights than other years and these solar winds travel across uh all the way to our tiny little speck of a planet in comparison to the size of the sun and when these winds hit our atmosphere uh they 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 uh, interact with the particles uh, in the in the air and basically at the height at the different heights at which these solar winds are interacting with the particles creates this effect of color and the colors can be green and white and purple and pink and red uh, but the majority of the time they are green and sometimes when it's uh, you know interacting with nitrogen it'll be an X color now, I do know that with lower atmospheres uh, or is is when you get uh, the the pinks and the oranges uh, and the and the purples but uh, but usually at higher atmosphere it's when you get it in green and one of the things that makes uh, the Northwest Territory is really neat for our canoe trip that we'll be doing there to see the Northern Lights is that because there isn't a lot of humidity in the air, there aren't, isn't a lot of particles of water in the air uh, floating around, then the visibility of the lights is significantly more. And so in places like Iceland, which are surrounded by water, yes, uh, you can see the lights, but uh, rarely do you see them at the intensity uh, and that at the, for the naked eye that you could see them in the Northwest uh, Territories there. So uh, exciting, exciting uh, to kick out uh, to these new destinations. And uh, also, uh, Andrew, and when's your next uh, mountaineer trip? And if you could give me two tips 
on uh, safety uh, in cold weather for, for mountaineering. That'd be awesome being that. Today's show was diverted a bit, but live from the backcountry, and I know you have plenty of tips uh, for being up in the mountains. Um, yeah, so next, uh, well, we've got some climbs going on in Mexico, but the next big one is really going to be probably Aconcagua in January of 2023. Well, tell me for a moment, highest, sorry, uh, tell me a little bit about, uh, the, the weekend adventures that if people are in Mexico city, they can take with you and what type of experiences they can have. Yeah. So we do for the most part for Mexico city, there are actually some beautiful spots, not too far. Uh, we're looking at, you know, two, three, four hour drive at the most. Uh, we're surrounded by some really high mountains, which is great for, for climbing. Um, two of the main ones we go to are Iztaccíhuatl, which is 5,280 meters, and then Pico de Rizaba, which is the highest volcano in Mexico, standing at 5,600. Uh, and that's where we're heading to in the next two weekends. So it's a three-day climb and a beautiful crater at the top. It's, it's really spectacular once you reach the lip of the crater and you're looking straight down into it uh, after having climbed up this 45-degree uh, glacier. Um, it, it's truly a, a fantastic thing to, to see. And certain tips, I guess, well, two, two main tips for, you know, staying safe up in the mountains is definitely layer up, you know, take some, take some great uh, clothes with you. I would spend, I always tell people, if you're going to spend an extra buck, spend it on your on your base layer and your last external layer so that means you know going merino wool uh, as a first layer and then spend you know on your gore-tex the mid layers you can get away with you know some cheaper options but definitely you know if you're gonna if you're gonna be up in the mountains and you have to always be prepared for it for the weather to change not only in the mountains but just any any expedition you do outdoors um you hear of these sad stories of people going out really unprepared and then they get caught either in a storm or with rain or snow, et cetera. And they're just not carrying the right gear. So yep. checklist, uh, yeah. Uh, and do a thorough checklist before you, you head out. Um, once you've forgotten something, you know, there's no going back to getting it. So <laughs> but, might as well make sure you take everything with you. Andrew is one of the most organized people I know. And it's uh, always quite comical when we're on, on trips that my half of the room looks like something exploded or you let a wild animal out of a cage and let it roam around a bit and his is <laughs> meticulously immaculate and organized and i think that's uh these this balance of characters uh does does well so excited excited for for more the more adventures to come and uh if somebody wants to find out more about these uh weekend uh warrior adventures in mexico city how do they reach you so they can send, uh, they can either send me a direct message on High Mountain Life, or we have an email, which is admin at highmountainexpert.com, um, and they can get in touch with us there. And what languages do, do your guides speak and yourself when you're on these trips, like speak just so that people are aware of, uh, that they're not going to be, not able to communicate if they are a traveler going to the city. <laughs> Right. Well, most uh, everybody speaks English on, on my trips and Spanish, obviously. And then obviously, if you're on one of our trips with yourself, Roberto, I think we've got quite a range of languages to go through. <laughs> yeah. We have uh, English, Spanish, French, Italian, and I guess some Portuguese also in there. Amazing. So, <laughs> so we can get in, we can communicate in sign language, worst case scenario, no? Indeed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, uh, thank you for coming up to Whistler and thanks for obviously coming on this adventure 
for with Adventures Done Right with me. And uh, it's a very exciting year for us as I watch you here from the distance, about 50 meters away, waving. Uh, it's really neat to have an office as, as this and very exciting to have the crew of people around me that I do. So thank you, Mr. Andrew. Uh, I look Thanks, forward. Robert. I look forward Indeed. to the next twelve months. Oh, 12, 24, 36. 24, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm most excited for everything that's the soonest. <laughs> beginning, yeah. beginning with Iceland. Just yeah, just around the corner. Yeah, awesome. Exactly. Well, thanks, well, man. Great to thanks. be here. Thanks. Yep, and uh, more ice breaking today. Come over for some coffee. Yes, I will. <laughs> On my way. <laughs> Amazing. Well, that is it, folks. That is the show today. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy, you know, a lot of catalysts happening these days, lots of, uh, adventures, uh, to come, lots of internal growth, lots of external, uh, learning of new things like new sports and seeing new destinations. So, uh, so thanks everybody for, for tuning in. And today, uh, is extra special because we came to you from the back country where we did have signal. Um, but I think it's always quite special to have it live, raw, from from wherever we may be. So I'm Roberto for the Expeditioners. I will perhaps see you later e this evening for another podcast show. Um, and then uh, let's keep it going. So Expeditioner out. See you later. Bye-bye.